1: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on
0: iHeartRadio. Radio. And welcome back with do- with Dr. Leo Gallen, and we'll get your calls as well. Leo, let's uh, talk a little bit more then about this story. Did Christopher through you ever dis- you know ever tell you and describe what heaven would look like and what it looks like?
1: Um yes. And and that was in many ways, the most profound con- discussion that we had, and it was part of the last conversation. Before that, he had he'd kind of talked to me about the illusory nature of time and space, and um, and it was pre- what he had to say was pretty revealing. But this last conversation was mind-boggling. I I asked him, and I don't know why I hadn't asked him earlier. I said what's it like in heaven, Chris? And his voice was joyful. When he answered me, he said, it's what I always wanted. Everyone is here. Everyone. Even you. Mm. Well, that sent a chill down my spine. But then I said, well, everyone? Like, what about the evil ones? We're, what about Adolf Hitler? And he said to me, you have to understand the nature of evil. Evil starts with consciousness. And he went into uh, basically a description of why there is the world, why why there is matter, why the universe exists, and the relationship between heaven and earth, which was in, incredibly profound and and something that I had never thought about. He basically said that the reason there is a universe, first of all, that God is God is love, and that the force that creates the universe is love, not that God loves, not as if God is a separate being that loves, but that love itself is God, and that this is the energy that creates the universe, and that the reason there is matter is because... Love requires a separation. That is, love occurs between separate beings. So there has to be an otherness, and matter is ideally suited to, to allowing the separation to occur, to creating the otherness. Then but the and that is the reason for Earth, basically. But the power of love is So strong that matter cannot contain it. And that is what heaven is. That is where there is this unfettered, totally magnificent love. Now, the reason we are here is to manifest that. Mm -hmm. But there are people who subvert the purpose of their existence.
0: Oh, my gosh. Look what's happening on this planet.
1: That's right they turn they and and Christopher said to hate others because of their otherness is a crime against God.
0: Yeah, but why only... does God Leo allow these things to happen? Well, this tragedy in Florida. Why yeah. does that
1: happen? What what Christopher said about that is that love by its very nature must be given freely. And so there we have the power to choose between love and hate it has to be that way and there are those who choose hate over love and there is i you know he said they're not in hell there is no such place as hell but they suffer eternal torment he said because believe it or not even the evil ones have perfect selves all of us each of us has a perfect self and our path in life is to unite with our perfect self, uh, to stop running away from it. Uh, we don't even have to find it. We can't perfect ourselves. We are already perfect to let the perfect self find us and to be in union with it. And um, perfectly imperfect is a term you know, that's been used.
0: Do you think he's reincarnated by this point that his soul has gone on?
1: Well, you know, we never really got into the issue of reincarnation, um, but um, in it may be that reincarnation is almost irrelevant because of, of what I'm getting to, and, and I, I will address that. I think it's a really important question. Okay. Um, so, the hell for these people, for the evil ones, is this schism in their soul that no love can heal between... Their perfect selves that are totally unrealized in life or in death, and the hatred of others, the crime against God that they brought into the world. Um, and then he said to me, um, you know, but he said, I can't say that they're these are, these are pitiful creatures, he said, and I can't say that their torment in any way diminishes the joy that we feel from love, because it was always that way, and it always will be. And basically that relates to something else that he had said to me earlier about time, and and, and that, that there is only one moment in time, God's moment, that the arrow of time is an illusion. The um, and I was actually a little bit depressed by this conversation because I'm very perfectionistic and I'm always trying to fix things and make them better. And the idea that there is no progress, there there is no move towards perfection because it, it always was this way and it always will be. And so I kind of retreated to my study and I'm I'm kind of um, just thinking about what he said. Yeah. And then he said to me, um, you know, Leo, um, you know how you like to tell stories about the way I was in the world, how, you uh, all the quirky, crazy things that I would do. And that's right. I mean, we. And he, he called you, he
0: called you Leo, not dad? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, you're he, he right. He called me Leo. Okay. Uh, the, um, the especially in these um, tra- interactions, because, right. I mean, look, we were he, he I was not his father. In anymore. I mean, I was his student. You were his student. And uh, he said, "In uh, and, and, we, and our family is full of Christopher stories about all the quirky, funny things that he would do. He said, well, around here, some of us like to tell stories about you, the way you were, uh, how you were always trying to get everything just right. And he said, just lighten up. <laughs> You're already here. And that's where the title of the book came from. Well, that is really a mind-boggling kind of thought, that heaven is not something that occurs after you die, that there is only one moment, and it encompasses all of time, all of space, and heaven and earth exist as unified opposites within it. Um, That actually is a concept that is totally in keeping with where quantum physics and cosmology are taking our understanding of the universe. Um, But it was expressed so simply and clearly by Christopher.
0: Were you, after this episode was done and you wrote the book, published by Hay House, by the way, and uh, we lost Louise Hay uh, last year, which was sad. Were you convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the, this was happening to you as opposed to you creating it in your mind that something oh, was happening oh, yeah. to you?
1: I mean, uh, yeah, this was not like anything. First of all, I wouldn't come up with these ideas. They're, they're not my ideas. What I have done with the book in a couple of the chapters is to try and understand them and interpret them. and um, But these were not ideas that, that came from me it wasn't my voice i mean i've done a lot of writing and this was not me speaking this was another being and one that i kind of recognized as the voice of as a voice of authority
0: mm-hmm. was he um, happy with
1: the book oh i sure, i think he's thrilled because the one thing that christopher loved was to interact with other people he would do anything to um, kind of to get a response from somebody, and I, I think the more people that read this book, the happier he is. Yeah, he just loves being able to impact on them, and and to confound them, you know, to say, hey, you know, you didn't think about it this way, but try thinking about it this way. The and what I what I realized there are a few things that I realized. As I was writing or as I was completing the book one is that what I learned from Christopher as as much as it was Christopher's expression to me wasn't these are concepts that are actually ancient they are concepts that are held sacred in many traditions the concept the idea the gift of the opposite I, I characterized What I learned from him is three gifts. One is the gift of the opposite, the other is the gift of presence, and the third is the gift of timelessness. Um, Now, the gift of the opposite, which is a very profound concept, that is the foundation for ancient Chinese philosophy. That is yin and yang. Everything contains its opposite at all times. At every level of being, the opposite is always present. Um, and and that actually contains a great deal of hope. It also is a warning. And and I see it in the world around me and in my own life every day. Strength emerges from weakness, but strength can also turn to weakness. And, and there's a long tradition of understanding the importance of the opposite in it just in in western and eastern culture in terms of this book there's a way in which the opposite emerges from almost every page in the book the most profound way for me is is that I was the parent and Christopher was the child and now Christopher is the teacher and I'm the student and and I'm constantly learning from that the gift of presence presence you have to be really totally present in the moment in order to recognize the opposite, in order to be able to see it. And um, you know, we live, certainly in my life, I'm always multitasking. But we live in a world where people are constantly on the go and having to manage all sorts of things. You have to get out of that. Multitasking is the enemy of being fully present.